on a pretty healthy authority that uh, we are doing this thing live. Breeze Nation, what is good? It's your boy, Pat, the designer, back at it again. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and showing love to another episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. <sighs> Dog, listen, I mean, we got another game to prepare for, right? This is what we're here for. This is what we do. Uh, Chicago Bears going to be taking on the Commanders, and Peter King believes that this could possibly be a must-win game. Now, he did say he doesn't have this one any inside authority. We'll talk about Bluce's comments on that as well and what he kind of thinks is going to be the outcome of, uh, of all of this. Does he feel supported? All of that stuff, right? Also got to talk about the injury concerns that go into this game as a whole because the Chicago Bears has have them piling up. Of course, the storyline around Justin Fields in this offense. And uh, listen, there's so much to get to, dog. Like it's it's one of those days where it should hit, hit the like button, subscribe to the page. This is the this is the old school joints, right? This is one of the Pat and the People joints. Yeah, you know I mean, where I just get to chop it up with y'all in the chat. Get your questions, answer them, fire them at me in the chat as well, man. We got a lot to get to. Also going to preview the game. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. Only channel talk Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us. How are you guys feeling today, man? Shout out to Ivan in this mug. Mike David Centurion in this mug, man. We got Baki in the chat. Drew in the chat. Chi-Town Javier been rocking with us for a minute as well, man. Appreciate you guys for all showing love. Let's start it off here, right? Because we heard the news that this could be a fluce must win or go situation. We had heard this from Peter King. Now, he didn't say that he had any inside information on this. Didn't say that he felt like this was exactly what was going to happen with the team. But did say that basically, you know, this was a possibility coming up here. You know what I mean? Like, that. listen, you don't. he basically says you don't lose 14 games, 15 games in a row and just get to keep your job. Here's where my concerns come in with all of that, right? And and follow me down the, the path here. Realistically speaking, if you are the Chicago Bears right now, Flus goes into this game, loses this game, ends up getting fired. Ah, that sucks, right? We're starting new, though. He's 15, or he's 0-15. I'd say that backwards for sure. Starting out, you don't go 0-15, and keep your job, right? He's 0-15. The Chicago Bears fire him. They then go to who? You want to promote John Hoke? Is that your go-to? That, that's your go-to? You want to promote Luke Getze? Because there is a scenario here, and I know many Bears fans don't go down this path just yet, right? They're, they're not there yet. They're not sold on it yet. But there is a scenario here where the Bears actually figured out how to utilize Justin Fields in this offense, which we shouldn't have taken four weeks to do. But hey, right? Maybe they did. And now all of a sudden, you're going to give him more responsibility? You're going to give it to Coach Hightower? I love Coach Hightower. Mr. Good question himself. But I don't think that he's head coach material. I don't think he's ready. So what's the decision you're going to go with there? I understand what Peter King's saying, right? You don't go 14 or 0 and 14, 0 and 15, and you get to keep your job or you feel like you should keep your job, right? I, I get all of that, but I think realistically speaking, if I'm sitting here looking at 
0-15 versus 1-14, what's the difference? <laughs> the, one, the one is the difference? Like, what's the difference here? I think knowing the Chicago Bears, knowing the situation that this team has always put themselves in, right? Like, you're, you're heading towards another scenario, another season, where you're going to ride this thing out. This is what the Chicago Bears have done. This is what the Chicago Bears have always done. I don't expect there to be any difference with this team, right? I think that, yeah, well, I guess here's the thing. And the one point that was brought out that I do agree with, right, is that there is a wild card in this situation. The wild card in this whole situation is Kevin Warren is not a part of the Chicago Bears organization, right? He was not brought up in the Chicago Bears organization. He has not grown through the Chicago Bears organization. He is somebody who is a part of winning organizations, who has been a part of many winning organizations. And so for me, that is the wild card in this whole thing, right? Maybe Kevin Warren stands up and says, enough is enough. We'll figure out the other side of this thing once we do. But realistically speaking, I think Kevin Warren is a man of logic. And the logical answer here is now, listen, do I think that Fluce is the answer? No. And you won't hear me say that, right? I don't think that Matt Eberflus is the answer in the slightest. I think he's more of a question than the answer. But what I will say is I do believe that Kevin Warren understands that there aren't answers on this squad. Kevin Warren understands that there are no answers in the building with what you have right now. Maybe, maybe, and this is a long shot, maybe, there's an answer when it comes to uh, um, the offensive side of things, right? Maybe you found some small nugget that can carry over into this week versus a subpar Denver team. Maybe that's the case, right? I don't know whether it is. We'll find out tomorrow whether that's the case. But realistically speaking, if the one answer that you have is to promote Luke Getze, he just figured this out. He's just now figuring out maybe what some semblance of an offense that you need to run with Justin Fields on the field is. I don't want to see him get put in that position either. It just doesn't make sense to me. And so at the end of the day, you know, the, the biggest thing for me with this team that they really need to do is just focus on going out there and continuing to develop the players that are out there. Whether you can do that or not is what's really going to keep your job long term. And I think because for me with Matt Eberflus, we might already be to a point where it doesn't matter, right? Matt Eberflus would have to go on a run that I'm talking about. You lose maybe two more games in the season, three more games in the season to keep his job. You finish the season 10 and 7, 11 and, 11 and 6, maybe you keep your job. Outside of that, I think we're heading towards the inevitable no matter what. I don't think that we're heading towards this grand scenario where Matt Eberflus also turns everything around because when you look at what the defense is putting out there, no matter whether Justin Fields develops or not, when you look at what the defense is putting out on the field, there's no answers there. When you look at what the defense is putting out on the field, and if anything, right, the indictment that people keep throwing out there is you have to fire Fluce because of going forward on fourth down. You have to fire Fluce because, right, like there's there's all these things that to me have no merit on reasons to fire Fluce. If you're going to fire Fluce for any reason, 
you fire Fluce because his defense is the worst defense in the NFL as a defensive head coach. That's why you fire Fluce. You fire Fluce because he can't get defensive players to buy in to what he's selling. That's why you fire Fluce. To me, you don't fire Fluce because of some of the coaching decisions that we've seen. You fire Fluce because his defense is out. Because for the most part, right, like the fourth down play, that's the play everybody's upset about. I can live with that. Coaches go for fourth down, go for it on fourth down all the time and don't get it. I can live with that. That is a coaching decision, one that you have to eat 110%, one that you have no choice but to deal with 110%. That's a coaching decision we see all the time go, go the wrong way. Guys, get out of there. But realistically speaking, my biggest issue with Matt Eberflus is the fact that his defense can't go out there and win games. His defense can't go out there and find ways to, to uh, be competitive even, right? There's a big piece on this defense missing. There's a huge piece on this defense missing. No three technique is a death sentence. No three technique in cover in, in, in a 4-3, 4-2 nickel defense is a death sentence. You have nobody to dent the pocket right now. That's where I look at Ryan Poles and go, okay, these two guys that you drafted, right? What's going on with their development? Why are we not seeing them dent the pocket more? Those are where my question, why didn't you address this at all? Right? You went out and got edge rusher. You didn't get this guy in the middle. We knew this guy was important. That's where I start to look up there. But to me, I see a defense that they don't exude hustle. They don't exude intensity, right? They did for maybe they did for a half. Last week, they did it for a half. I'll give them credit on that. The Bears played a half. It was the wrong half. You played the first half well. I said this on the on the Chicago Bears pod, and Lance laughed at me, right? He was like, he was like, don't ever be a coach, Pat. I'm not. But if you're gonna give me a half of football to play well, play the second half well. <laughs> play the first half mediocre, and then we could come back in the second half, right? You know what I mean? Like. The half that ends with win. You know what I mean? And I see, I, I don't know who it is in the chat. Hold on, let me give him a shout out real quick. Because I appreciate the conversation back and forth. Lunatic in the chat. He said, uh, the merit is 15 in a row. What are you talking about? Here's my thing. I don't believe in this whole narrative that has popped up that, oh, he's lost 15 in a row. Now, has he lost 15 in a row? 110%. I'm not telling you that he didn't. But I am also not going to ignore why. I'm not. I'm not going to ignore that 10 of the – and it's 14 right now, right? Ugly. 0-4 start to the season. I'm not going to ignore that 10 of these, that 10 of these your organization put in place for you to go get the first overall pick in the draft, which if I remember right, every Bears fan and their mama was out here hooping and hollering and excited about. I remember that. Now, what we've seen this season – has been inept. But when everybody goes, oh, you're 0-14 and all of this, is like, yes, he is, in a row. Ten of those, we knew what it was. These last four have been inept. These last four games have been enough for me to look at Matt Eberflus and say, hey, this guy isn't a good leader. But when you hear me talking about Flus, you're not going to hear me talking about what we saw last season. Why? It's not fair. 
It's not fair to hold that against a coach when you say, hey, we know you've got these defensive pieces, but uh, Roquan Smith is getting out of here. Khalil Mack, you're going. Uh, uh, Robert Quinn, who did nothing, but right at that point you thought he was going to do something, you get up out of here too. I mean, like, it's, it's not fair. So for me, the moments that I look at where I'm taking my issue with Matt Eberflus are from this season. Because pieces have been put in place for Flus. Now, whether that means if he loses this game, I think that he's going to be fired. I don't know if I believe that, but I do look at his coaching staff and how underprepared they had this Bears team for basically three weeks, week four. Now, right, I had, I had somebody hit me with this one, right? And I, I, I took it over to the Chicago Bears podcast as well. Um, they said, well, Pat, you did say that they basically were playing their preseason at the beginning of the season. Their first three weeks, they went 0-3 and looked terrible. Week four, they looked pretty good. And so that's the first game of the season. All right, y'all. Like, we be stretching stuff to try and make our teams feel better, right? We be stretching stuff to try and make our teams feel better. It's not good. It's not good. I'm not going to pretend like it's good. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page if you agree. We got a ton of content coming you guys' way, man. Also, make sure you guys are subscribed to the Chicago Bears Breeze as well, where we'll be dropping our shorter-form content. V-Dog chiming in with a question. Question for you, Pat. George has done things differently from an organization perspective, so what makes you think they'll hold on to the staff the remainder of the year? You said it. She said, oh, 100%. I don't know, right? That's why I said, I don't know. To me, the wild card in all of this is Kevin Warren because Kevin Warren is so incredibly different. Kevin Warren is such an incredibly different head or uh, president than we've ever had in the building. So I don't know whether Flus will be fired after this game or not. We've heard that he's on the hot seat, you know, but but realistically, I just think that there is the Chicago Bears are a weird organization in which they take pride in different things. They take pride in the fact that they've never fired a coach midseason. I know it because, right, when when Nagy made it all the way through the season after making how many mistakes you want to talk about, I mean, it, it right, like, and realistically, the second you fire Flus, you're basically saying, you know, the, the season's over. You don't want to do that to the players in the building, right? Like, because there's nobody you're going to promote up that you, I, I guess maybe you find something in Hoke. Right. Hoke has been a part of this organization for a ridiculously long time. Maybe he comes in and he's able to, uh, you know, rally the troops. But if we're being realistic here, like for me, go, coming out of this game, firing him, whether he wins it or firing him, whether he loses this game or wins the game. I don't see much of a difference in a win or a loss unless you're like, oh, my God, we have two weeks of offense in a row. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I don't see the difference between a win and a loss in this scenario. You're 0-4 on the season. You'll be 1-4 on the season. Maybe there's this magical run inside the Chicago Bears that they all of a sudden go out there and are able to get. But I, like, it's not my expectation. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I don't feel good about either scenario. And that's the sad part. That's the sad part, right? Like, let's be real. Would I be surprised if they fire Flus tomorrow after a game, after he loses, right? I would, because I've never seen it in Bears history. But would I be surprised? Would I be upset about it? No. 
My only question then is what's your next step? And realistically speaking, none of the next steps look good either. A lot of times as fans, we want to see change happen just because something is different. I want to see change happen for the better. And the realistic part of this is more than likely firing Flus midseason is not for the better. The only thing better about it would be we don't have to hear his press conferences anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, realistically, that's, that's all we got. The only thing better about it is we wouldn't have to hear his press conferences anymore. Uh, top replacements for Flus next season, I think you go offensive. Um, you know what I mean? You go with the guys who are the Ben Johnsons, maybe a Cliff Kingsbury who has experience as a head coach. Maybe he can come in here and fix – Justin Fields or prepare whoever the next quarterback is, right? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, I, there's there's a, there's some pretty good candidates out there. I mean, maybe I, the one thing about Cliff Kingsbury, I've always said, I think he's a heck of a coordinator. I think he's a pretty bad head coach. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's a really, really good coordinator. I think that he's a a really bad head coach. Like I don't I don't believe in Kyler Murray either. But I don't think that everything that came out of there is on Kyler Murray. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Eric Bieniemy is on my list too. I'd like to see Eric Bieniemy get a job. I wouldn't be mad at him being here. There's always the connection with uh with with uh uh um what is his name? Why am I? Uh, Ryan Poles in that situation. Marcus B says, stop with the first-time head coaches. Here's the problem with stop with the first-time head coaches. If you stop with the first-time head coaches, you don't find the, 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 the next play caller, the next genius play caller. Because the recycled dudes aren't good head coaches. If they were good head coaches, they would have jobs. Right? Like, I get it, right? Like, everybody's like, let's go get Jim Harbaugh. He's not leaving Michigan. He's never leaving Michigan. Y'all understand this, right? He's never leaving Michigan. He has a job until he dies. He's never leaving Michigan. They have been mediocre since he's been there. He's never leaving Michigan. We got that out of our system. Cool. Let's keep this going. Yeah, I mean, like that, that's the recycled guys. Most of the time, you're not going to see it. Who, uh, Robert Diaz said Doug Peterson is doing great. Who thought Doug Peterson was supposed to be fired? I didn't think Doug Peterson was supposed to be fired. I think most of the people thought Doug Peterson was fired on some like, hey, man, like I want to play this other guy and y'all won't play him. I want to play Jalen Hurts, and y'all won't play him. Why won't y'all let me play him? We just paid Carson Wentz all this money. Okay, well, I want to play him because he's better. No. All right, do what you got to do. You know what I mean? So his his situation was a little bit different, and he was right. Is Carson Wentz still in the league? Is Carson Wentz still in the league? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Carson Wentz is still in the league. Harbaugh would have left Michigan two years ago for the right situation. Why is this the right situation? What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. 
exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opre ski scene and award winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Why would we think this is the right situation? I get it. We love our team, but like, what situation are we? We're not the glitz and glam. What do you think? Harbaugh wants to come back and rekindle what he had here in Chicago when he was a quarterback? Come on, bro. Come on, dog. Come on, dog. And most of the people out here just, and I, I think that's the interesting thing too with all of it, right? Like, are you looking for a guy who's an elite leader? Or are you looking for a guy that can just come in and fix Justin Fields? Or whoever the next quarterback is. I am looking for the best leader. I'm looking for the best leader of men. That's what I want to see. Because the best leader of men finds good coordinators. We always think about leading men as guys who are just on the field. You also have to lead the room. That's the part that's scary about a lot of these new names. You don't know if Mike McDaniels can go out there and be that guy. You don't know if Cliff Kingsbury, or not, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, uh, um, Sean McVay is that guy until you see him do it. You just know that they already come with this one thing already there. They come as elite play callers. Josh McDaniels is an elite play caller. He is a terrible head coach. That's the risk you got to take. He is a terrible head coach, an elite play caller. And, that, and that's just the God's honest truth about him. And I've said this a million times. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. If we being honest, whoever the Chicago Bears hired next, if we hired Mike Mc, or, um, uh, 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 um, why did I just forget that boy's name right now? Man. That's crazy that I just forgot. The head coach of the Raiders. I was only just talking about him, right? If you go out and hire him right now as your OC, I would feel like the Chicago Bears had an elite staff. I would feel like the Chicago Bears had an elite staff. Josh McDaniels. I don't know how I forgot that. I was thinking Mike McDaniels in my head, and I knew that wasn't right. If the Bears went out and hired Josh McDaniels as an OC, I would be like, let's do it. 110%. Now we're moving in the right direction. You have to find that perfect balance, and that is not easy. Now, the problem with the guy that we have in the building right now, there's no balance in, in, in the slightest. I don't think he's an elite play caller. I also don't think that he's an elite leader. You basically have a guy in the building right now who, and listen, there's plenty of time left in this season. I don't believe that he'll be fired. There's plenty of time for you to prove me wrong. But please, prove me wrong. All I ask is prove me wrong. Every day, I swear, I ask this. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I go into Justin Fields as a passer. Prove me wrong. Luke Getze as an OC. Prove me wrong. But as far as what changes I think are going to happen and all of that, nah. 
I don't think that you're going to have a midseason firing. I don't think there's going to be a midseason promotion. I don't believe that there's going to be this immense change in the Chicago Bears organization, even if we do go 0-5, even if we do go 1-4. I think that at this point, you are looking at some of the candidates that you're going against when you go out there to play them. Why? Because realistically, I think unless the Bears go on a magical run, which we haven't seen that in our lifetime, have we, Bears fans? One. One run. That's all we've seen that was magical with this team. Unless we see that, we're not. Flus is out of here at the end of the year, no matter what. And I think that that's more of the realistic standpoint. Hey, I appreciate you guys moving, uh, rocking with us. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, man. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. Only channel, talk Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Appreciate y'all. Hector, <laughs> Hector said, Hector said, it's Jim's, Jim Harbaugh's destiny to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears. It's his dream job. Who told you that? Who told you that was his dream job? Because Harbaugh didn't say that. <laughs> who, who, who let you know that that was Jim Harbaugh's dream job? Let me know that. Jim Harbaugh got his dream job. They never going to fire him. <laughs> They're never going to fire him. He's set. <laughs> you know what your dream job is? A job where you can't get fired. <laughs> They will never fire Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Uh, let's preview this game a little bit, right? Because we've talked about the results of the game, but I do want to talk about kind of what our hope is for the outcome of this game. He needs to. Hey, look, listen. <laughs> kid, I don't disagree with you. Shout out the kid in the chat. I don't disagree with you. But they won't, right? That's like, like Jawan Howard at Michigan, too. He's never getting fired. Jawan Howard punched somebody in the face. Jawan Howard punched somebody in the face. He punched another coach in the face on the court, got suspended for what? A week? Or was, it wasn't a punch, it was a slap, wasn't it? He slapped another coach in the face. He was out for like the next game, apologized and paid some money and was right back on the sidelines. Now they did get eliminated the next game, all of that, right? Like that all goes into it as well, but. It's just funny, bro. Let's preview this game, man. Let's talk about this Bears-Commanders game. <sighs> Listen, Eddie Jackson talked about they know what Sam Howe can do. He's a one-read quarterback. You have to get pressure on him. We're now hearing people speaking out about the head coach on the other side. This is something that we didn't hear. Before, right? Everybody was kumbaya in the building, except on the offensive end. The defense was all one. Now we're hearing Eddie Jackson kind of come out, and he's like, hey, listen, you gotta, we got to blitz more. We got to attack more. What are we doing here? I agree with him 100%. Because to me, it's a pick-your-poison type of scenario, especially against a young quarterback. Would you rather die by sitting back and letting somebody throw the football? A million times, right? Or would you rather put pressure on this guy, and if he beats you, he beats you? I'd rather see you put pressure on him. If he beats you, he beats you. Right? 
force his head to spin because he's been very, very, very up and down this season. Yes, he looked elite last week, week before that. Eee, you know what I mean? Like, you, you have to get pressure on this guy. And the Bears have done a better job at getting pressure every single week, but... I mean, realistically, when I look at the defensive end of this thing, that's the part that concerns me the most on the offensive side of the football. Here's the thing. Yes, it's a better defense. The Washington Commanders, 110% are a better defense than the Denver Broncos. But they're not the best defense in the NFL. You can run the football on this team. That opens up things for the Chicago Bears. Luke Getze has to continue to have a commitment to the run. I think you unlock something in Khalil Herbert, personally, to me, that I've never seen before. Have y'all ever seen Khalil Herbert run that hard? I've never seen Khalil Herbert run that hard in my life, right? I mean, like, it, that he really was getting after it. And so I think that you have to continue to feed the ball to Khalil Herbert. Get Roshan Johnson involved as well a little bit. But to me, right, like, the running game opened up so much for this Bears team. It's something that you cannot overlook. They were able to unlock something by running the football. You also simplified the offense for Justin. You allowed him to kind of cut the field in half, and you threw the football to DJ Moore. And I'm not sitting here telling you that I think that Justin Fields is going to re replicate what he did uh, on Sunday versus the Denver Broncos coming into this Thursday night matchup. I think short week, I think that that takes a toll on guys. These short games are basically going to be terrible, right? Like these, these short week games are what they are. That's how I feel about all of them, right? They're just... The mid-games, it is what it is. But on the flip side of all of that, when I look at what the Bears can go out there and do, just getting the football to DJ Moore, DJ Moore is actually an elite weapon. When you see a guy, I mean, Justin Fields dropped back and got the football in this guy's hands in positions where, right, like all the other throws, I know a bunch of guys were talking about uh, uh, um, um, the Cole Komet pass being wide open it's wide open this guy uh Carmen told me a high school quarterback can make that throw I don't know if I go that far but I believe he was being facetious as well but he says a high school quarterback can make that throw that's how open Cole Komet was down the field the DJ Moore passes are not that I think three of them are after watching the tape right there's somewhere it's like how'd you let DJ Moore get that wide open but there's others there's one where he's double covered and you just fit the ball in there. Justin Fields being an elite passer was something that we saw last week when he was throwing that football to DJ Moore. Get the football in this guy's hands because he can make something out of nothing. He can absolutely make something out of nothing. You have to, have to, have to make sure that he's involved in this game plan. I think it would be so much of a gut punch if we saw this Chicago Bears team revert to what we saw in the first three weeks of offense. Because the offense that we saw in Denver, listen, there's a portion of it where, yes, 110%, Trevor, you wild, but you're right. That is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, 100%. I'm right there with you, my guy. That's crazy. He said fit the ball in there was crazy. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> the fact that even the chat is in on it now is, is hilarious, right? But no, the, the biggest thing for me is that when you're trying to go up against a defense like this, is to not overcomplicate what you're trying to do offensively. 
Don't overcome. And, and that's what they did against Denver. What, no matter what we think about Denver, right? No matter what we think about Denver. Denver is a terrible defense. Only worse defense is us, right? But if we're being 100% honest, the offense that we saw called was nothing like the offense that we saw in the first three weeks. You have to stick with that. The offense that we saw called where you're getting 12 personnel, you've got some 13 personnel, two times, two or I think three times in that game, we got 13 personnel. We haven't seen 12 personnel most of the season. Now, maybe that is the outcome of the Chase Claypool situation and what's going on with him, asking him to stay home and all of that, right? But we haven't even seen 12 personnel. That was something that Flus talked about and Getsy talked about before the season started is, well, you know, we got that 13 or we got 12 personnel in our bag and now we can use that with Tunyon and Komet. And what does that mean? Oh, well, now it means we'll have more protection. We'll be able to help the offensive line. We'll have mismatches everywhere. All this, It sounded great. And we didn't see it for the first three weeks. We see it in week four. All of a sudden, the offense is moving down the field. That is a key to continue to see them going out there with 12 personnel. Because the front seven raging, I get you, right? 100%. Front seven is, is going to eat the Bears offensive line alive. As far as Tevin Jenkins, he's questionable on this. I don't know if you want to throw him out there anyway. Um, but... Right. For the most part, I don't expect this offensive line to all of a sudden just magically figure it out. And they're going to be able to go out there and dominate in a short week. I don't. Right. It's just me. Nate Davis was back. Looked good. Darnell Wright looks elite. We need to talk about this, by the way. We need to talk about how elite he looks. I get it. We didn't go get Jalen Carter. We didn't miss on our first pick. When when uh, uh, um, Lewis Riddick said all pro Darnell Wright. It's starting to look like it. It's starting to look like it. We didn't miss on our first round pick. Second round pick, I got some questions right now. We'll see though. But the biggest thing for me is continue to do what makes your team's life easy. That front seven is some dogs up there. But those DBs are not. I don't want to see five-step drop back. So that's another thing that I thought he eliminated really, really well in that game. We didn't see a million five-step drop backs. He's trying to drop back there and wait to see if something happens. Then he's running left, running right. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that if you're seeing uh, the three-step drop backs we saw, one, two, three, boom, look, delivered, out. That's that's how you beat teams that have good front sevens. They can't get to you to hit you if the ball is out quickly. You have to, have to, have to have a scheme that continues to get the ball out quickly, that continues to uh, utilize a rolling pocket. And I think realistically speaking, yes, they did go out there and have a good game versus the Philadelphia Eagles. But it's not the end of the world if we see – like. The NFL's weird this year, y'all. You know what I mean? Like, shout out for the super chat as well. Uh, uh, Michael Platt said, uh, best thing this season is Panthers being bad too. 100%. 100%, bro. 100%. I mean, it, it makes it a little bit easier knowing that it's not just one pick. It could be two. But realistically speaking, though, right? Like, the NFL's weird this year. 
that don't mean that they're going to come out and play that way against us. Because I've seen this team be up and down through three weeks. I've seen them get their heads taken off by the Bills and then go out there against the former Super Bowl champions and go toe-to-toe with them. It's one of those situations for me where when I see it on the field, then I'll believe it. They're not a team that I feel like is this elite offensive team, that I feel like is this uh, 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 dominant offensive team. They're not even a team that I feel is a dominant defensive team, a dominant front seven when you can hold off that front seven for a few seconds, the DBs are able, you're able to get to. You got to figure out how to do that. You have to, have to, have to going into this game. Now, will that happen? I don't believe so. I think that the offense will still have a semblance and look similar to what we saw in that Denver's game. In that Denver game, um, Ragin said, "Commanders can score the rock two thirty-one points against the against the Eagles' defense is no small feat." I get you, bro, but they also put up three two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like they they've been up and down. The whole team has been up and down. Now, I don't have us coming out of this with a win. I'm trying to reverse psychology myself on this mug because uh, realistically, every time I pick the Bears to win a game, they lose it, right? So I'm trying to hit them with some reverse psychology here. Maybe they go out there and, uh, I don't know, lose, get dominated, get destroyed. Apparently, I can't wink anymore. I don't don't wink enough in in my life. I I tried to wink earlier. It it was ugly, Hey, there we go. Let right eye wink. All right, all right. There we go. I'm back in. Let me see. Let me, let me, I got. I got to see that. Oh, that's an ugly wink. I, that's a stroke. That's not a wink. That's a stroke. We're not going. We're not going to do that no more. I don't want to trigger nothing out here. And the thing that makes it even harder, I will say this: the thing that makes it even harder going into this game is the latest injury report. Um, especially on the defensive side of things. You still have no DBs. Eddie Jackson had talked about going out there and playing uh, against this team. He will not be. Uh, He is ruled out. Jalen Johnson also ruled out. Jaquan Brisker is questionable. Tevin Jenkins is questionable. And Jaquan Brisker, like that, I don't even know how he got hurt, right? It's supposed to just be walkthroughs going on here and it seems like Jaquan Brisker pulls a hamstring how the heck you get it pull a hamstring doing a walkthrough like that's all it's supposed to be today simple walkthrough I don't know man it's uh it's gonna be an interesting week that I can guarantee uh we will be live for the game tomorrow as well um so tune in with us on that I think that I do think that it's going to be a a competitive game, realistically. Um, I don't even know what a score prediction would be on this. I guess since I think that the Bears are still going to be offensively able to do something, I just don't think there's going to be any defense on this thing. (sighs) Give me this week's score. 31-28, I think Bears are on the losing end of it. 31-28, 31-28, I think the Bears are on the losing end of it. Hopefully the score is flipped and we see a dub. Hopefully. But we'll see, man. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe to the page, follow us on everything. You can follow me at Pat the Designer. You can follow 
the show itself at the Windy City Breeze. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace. Deron Payne with at least four sacks. Now that might happen. <laughs> Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.